Hi everyone, welcome to a daily dose of orange juice. My name is Leslie Green and I'm a bilateral below the knee amputee. This podcast exists to address issues and topics that are relevant in the life of an amputee. I would like to be made abundantly clear that the opinions and the information that I give are not meant to substitute information given by your clinician or your doctor. These are just my own opinions that I'm putting forward and don't represent the beliefs of any particular entity. Last week, we started to take a look at the basics of prosthetic feet. And if you're looking for the introduction, go back and and do that. We went into some reasoning behind feet and a little bit about how the prosthetic foot has developed. And in this segment, I wanna get more specific in the actual types of feet that are out there. And there are a number of different feet. And they're meant to help you in different circumstances in your life and different levels of your ambulation. There are many types of feet, but there are just a few main categories that most feet fit into. But before I go any further with this introduction to the types of feet, I want to encourage you to have conversations with your clinician, whether it's a prosthetic clinician or an orthotic clinician. They've gone to school to be able to give you the best advice. And my best advice is conversation. I don't think it's ever appropriate for us as an amputee to go in demanding certain things from our clinician because we certainly haven't gone to school to learn all the things that they have about why a foot may or may not be appropriate for us. One of the worst things I think that you can do is go online and take a look at all of the fancy products that are out there. Most of the promises that are made online by different individuals about something don't often prove true and oftentimes end up just being a sales pitch, which is why you really need to be authentic with your clinician. Tell them what your goals are. Tell them what your hopes as an ambulator are. Tell them what you've experienced as strengths as an ambulator and weaknesses. Don't try and hold anything back from them. Being authentic and really engaging in conversation is what is going to help your clinician help you the most. So let's go ahead and look here at some of the categories of feet. If you're a person who's had portions of your foot amputated, you need to know that there are, there are toe fillers, there are many different orthotic and even prosthetic choices that can be made to help you improve your stability and help your shoes fit and thus help you ambulate better. That is something that I would really encourage you to go in and talk with both a prosthetist and an orthotic orthotist clinician about. Looking at the different categories of feet, we touched lightly on this one last week, something called a SACH. That's an acronym, S-A-C-H. And this is one of the original feet that were developed. It's a solid ankle cushion heel foot. It's lightweight and it's a really basic foot option. 
And this would be good for somebody who wasn't ambulating a lot, perhaps just transferring from a bed to a chair um, or very slight walking. It has a, a solid ankle, so that ankle doesn't move a whole lot. And it has a cushioned heel for the heel strike. Originally, it was made from different woods and high density foam. If we look at the next category of feet, they're called axial feet. And if you can hear the word axis in there, it lets you know that it has a central point. Now there are two kinds of axial feet to know about. There's a single axial foot and a multiple axial foot. And there's difference between them. In the single axial foot, think of your foot being able to move one direction. Not tremendously, but enough to give you some ankle-like movement. In a sing single axial foot, the, the axis moves in an up and down uh, flexing position. And that allows you some stability when you are moving forward and standing still. And this again, this is for a more reserved walker. Um, or somebody maybe who's gone through some knee issues and don't feel really stable at that joint. This would be your, your K1 walker. Um, the multi-axial feet are going to not only move up and down, but they're going to have some side-to-side -side motion. And this dampens the movement or softens the movement in the foot on more than one plane, which really helps increase stability especially if you're on a non-level surface. So think about, you know, walking on your driveway a little bit or um, over some grass, not tremendous variation in terrain, but enough that you'd want to have some movement to help make you stable. I mean, think about walking across um, your, your grass in a really stiff foot. The minute you hit a bump, it's gonna pitch you Whereas if you have an axle in your foot and it's gonna allow the foot to rotate and flex, just like a natural foot would, you're gonna be much more stable if you hit a bump or a rut in that, in that grassy area. The next category of feet to consider is something called a dynamic response foot. And that just about says it, what it does right in its name. And if you think for a second about a dynamic response foot, you've seen these. Now, if you've ever watched the runners and you see them on the big blades, they're in a sense a spring, right? And a dynamic foot actually stores energy throughout your step and then it returns to its original shape when you finish the step. So like loading it down like a spring and then when you release the spring, the spring looks like a spring again. That's what happens when you step. Originally it's down and then that energy pushes you through the step. It gives you a much more natural look when you walk and a much more even look when you walk. Now, before you think that all dynamic feet are these big running blades that you see, they're not. They come in many different configurations. You may have the large running foot if you're a runner, but if you're like me and you're a bilateral, you couldn't 
be in those running blades and use them every day because there's no heel strut on them. So there are different manufacturers that make smaller versions of those blades that are intended for everyday use. And if you're bilateral, these particular feet have a strut on the back that works like a heel and you wear them inside of your foot shell. Like the axial feet, some of these really dynamic feet come with a split up the toe, which allows different sides of the carbon fiber foot to adjust to variance in your terrain, letting you navigate that with more stability. We have another category to look at. It's a powered foot. And this tends to have a power source to it, most often a battery, and it mimics the foot and ankle muscles. I have to tell you, I've not worn one, but I've heard there are a couple factors to them. One, they're heavier. And if you think about it, they're right at the bottom of your prosthesis. That's kind of a tricky place to put some weight because it's from the furthest end of your limb to try and get that movement through. And they require the battery to be charged. I have to say that I'm not much for high maintenance prosthetic componentry. So that hasn't been anything I've ever tried. But I do know that because of the technology and what it does for the wear, for some walkers, it really decreases their fatigue and they're able to wear their leg longer with more success because of that aid in each step. We also have a microprocessor foot. And I know most people are accustomed to microprocessors being in knees for above knee amputees, but this microprocessor is right in the foot. And the purpose behind this one is it changes the resistance of the ankle in real time based on your speed. A lot the same way that the microprocessor knee will match the gait of the natural leg, this one will actually mimic um, like an ankle in real time. When you're going up inclines or declines, it helps to, it'll change the resistance when you're going up or down, making it easier to do those ramps. Um, like I said, I've not used them, but the, the last bonus for this one, just like the microprocessor knee, the microprocessor foot does help reduce stumbles and falls. And in the microprocessor knee, it's able to sense that in the above the knee uh, prosthetic when there's a stumble and it corrects. Same thing with the microprocessor foot. If you scuff, it's going to sense that and make a correction for you, keeping you uh, upright more often than falling. The last category we're going to take a look at is hydraulic ankles and feet. And hydraulic ankles and feet allow resisted movement. It, it allows for walking with greater stability and again, allows you to do better on different terrains, you know, from smooth inclines, declines, uh, 
think about going across, you know, like a rock bed in your gardens. Um, it also helps navigate environmental obstacles, you know, divots or uneven sidewalks. And it may reduce pressure in some sockets. Here again, I have to say, I've never tried a hydraulic foot. Um, I don't know if that one adds weight. I wasn't able to determine that in anything I read about them. But I know that, you know, it's a piece of technology similarly used in above knee amputees with the hydraulic knee. And it does allow for more stability because it doesn't, doesn't move as freely without some effort behind it. Well, I hope this helped a little bit clear up the different categories of feet. And if you notice, I didn't mention any particular brands because I don't endorse a certain brand of product there. Again, I think that's part of where the conversation comes into play with your clinician. But hopefully you've been exposed to different categories so you can go in and talk with some knowledge about what's available for you out there. Looking at the K levels for the different feet, you know, satch being a, a K0 to K1, single axles being a, a K1, multi-axles being a K2, K3, and some of the return energy feet being a three and four, and those microprocessor and hydraulic feet falling somewhere in the two and three and four K level range. But there again, check that through with your clinician just to be certain. Well, I hope this has been helpful. And again, these were just things that I had done some research on and found out. But to get you thinking forward and engaging those conversations, I want to make sure that you have access to terms and basic definitions of them. Look forward to seeing you next week. Keep moving forward till then.